morning, good evening, good afternoon. Those were not in order. This is material episode number 299. I'm your host, Florence Ion. I'm joined here by Andy and Natko, my partner in crime. And we still don't know what we're doing for the 300th episode of this podcast. No, no, we, we, we do. It's just a big, big secret. Sure. Yeah. Somebody's. I don't know. Maybe I'll pull like a tarot card or something after the show and like see, you know, what we're inspired to do. <laughs> I'm reaching here. Well, I'm reaching. At, at least we can we can say that we're being honest here. A lot of shows like they say it's 2.99 because some sort of like psychological marketing thing said if it's if it's 2.99, they'll think it's less expensive than $3, but no, no, no. We're this is actually 299 the 300 one is the next show do you remember i brought this up to you do you remember the ihop 199 commercials of the Mm, 90s no oh my gosh they were just these awful annoying commercials but obviously stuck in my brain anyway there is well i'll I'll, i will match that there is a there there is a like a regional chain of like i like beef and booze type restaurants called the night, the 99 restaurant. Well, you know, the kind, the, the kind where like, it's like, yeah, no one, no one will, no one charges, charges less money for a I two know. pound steak. I, than it, at I the got 99 heartburn. Restaurant. That's what that's, I'm trying to say. I the, the imagined whiskey and beef in my stomach. Right. I so, just got a little. And so uh, there, there's some commercials that are from like from years ago that are so bad that they will never, ever leave you. And this one, I don't know what it got some sort of hot shot like ad person saying that. And I, I just you just imagine like the, the, the presentation they made to the client saying, oh, so we're not going to get like a trained, like polished looking spokesperson. no. Okay, but and but we're not going to get like an actual customers or actual like employees. No, no, no. We're going to hire this guy, and he's gonna he's going to be stocky, and he's going to be middle aged, and he's going to be kind of rough around the edges, and he's going to say things a little bit wrong, and all. And so he would like walk you through the restaurant. But what I remember is that he'd he'd always say, "And here's the ninety nine restaurant, the ninety nine. Come to the ninety nine, the ninety nine restaurant." there's just something about it that as a 10 year old or an 11 year old or something, it just, it's like saying the word Candyman three times where <laughs> I don't know what happens, but I don't want to hear it. I just anyway. looked up this. I just looked up this restaurant, which I, you know what I'm saying. It's an East coast chain, 59 cent bone and wings. <laughs> That's, yeah. Yeah. Jo- John Oliver on the uh, on the on the uh, uh, on the Bugle podcast was talk was used this phrase to describe like a subway sandwich pricing, but it always stuck with me. The idea of a suspiciously low price for for an item of food. It's like that's that's why it's bone point, in. Yeah. Ex- exactly. It's <laughs> like that's, they didn't say what bone. Yeah. <laughs> it's. it's I, I need it's like that it's like I, mean, I, I know I know how much a lobster roll should cost, and so when like even in New England where they're like <laughs> yeah. in hot dog they're serving hot dog right. buns, but when McDonald's say, "Hey, our two ninety nine lobster roll," I'm saying, "Okay, I'm guessing that it's there is some lobster in there. I'm guessing that they took some water from a lobster tank and like sprinkled it like a holy blessing on the the the, the chunks of like." Inferior crab meat and chub oh, fish God. and whatever, and then died. Yeah, so 
Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, I feel like I should try and change the subject a bit. Um, Something googly, yes. Well, and yeah, and, and I feel like this is this is great because you and I both today, we were like, we need to chat about um, some stuff going on with our Google accounts. Now, I'm not talking about my Google account. I am talking about my daughter's Google account. <laughs> yes, I did she, this last week. She's been oversharing on her blog, on her blog spot, hasn't she? On her oh blogger account. <laughs> Well, she is. Or do you have that to look forward to? She is a Scorpio moon. So <laughs> Lord knows what her teenagers are going to be like. But um, listen, it's it, it's kind of a necessity in society today. I knew this, you know, I'm millennial generation. So I've lived through the Internet fear of the 90s. Like I know what people are afraid of. I know what policies have been put in because the nature of my job. Um, I am in charge of all of these accounts. I also had to get her a Facebook account because the parent groups here in town, we live in a small, a fairly small suburb in the Bay Area. And that's kind of how everybody coordinates here. Facebook marketplace and Facebook groups. And that's, I need, if I, you know, I, I found a free playground on there the other day. Like these are things that, you know, like one of those little baby playgrounds that you put in the backyard. Like I want access to these things. Unfortunately, I have to go through the demons <laughs> Facebook and Nextdoor for them. Um, so, you know, it is what it is. But it it was weird signing her up for the Google account. I did it on, I started it on the Lenovo. I have this smart tab, this uh, very entry level like tablet that I've just been using to kind of get a feel for that world of Android devices. And it came with a special like kid zone app on it. So I was like, you know what? You know, Mona, she's finally she's getting this idea of like what touchscreens are. Like, I think it's finally time that I just set something up that she can just dirty up, you know? And so I try to get it set up for her. And um, they ask you so many questions. They want you to set up so much stuff beforehand. Um, I she has an email now, you know, first name last. Like I've already. I set her up. It is. It is what it is. Um, at least, at least you you know her mother's maiden name. So if you ever need to like sneak back <laughs> into her true. account, you you could you Maybe. could go right through her passcode questions. Now I need to change my last name so that people can't. <laughs> I better tell her. I was like, Mona, never use my maiden name because I've only been publishing under that name, and I never changed it after your father died. But in all seriousness, you know, this is a this is a thing that. Um, millennial parents were really navigating right now, I think, because I'm not the only one that is, you know, got a kiddo in this world and that is going to have to start thinking about all this stuff digitally. I'm basically treating this email account. I mean, it's what I used to log her into Facebook, but our Facebook profile is Mona's parents. Um, I made it very much so. It's just like, this is kids proxy accounts. This is not me. This is not her father. Uh, I gave access to, or rather I gave the email address to her godmother. So I said, I'm going to make a special folder. Anytime you send her an email, I made a rule. It'll go to the special folder. And when she's older, she can open the special folder from her godmother and have all these emails in there waiting for her. So these are like the things I'm sort of like thinking about to try and make this um, not make me so, I just, it feels weird. And it also just signifies that she's a person. It's like when they make you fill out the birth certificate and I'm, I, I realize this is a very parent centric conversation. I do apologize, but it's been on my mind lately. You know, kid is getting older. Yeah. 
No, she's a year old and she's got a Gmail. Okay. No, it's no, it's you know, it, you you just reminded me there there was uh like uh, at 2014 because I have it in front of me right now uh, a commercial for Google Chrome called Dear Sophie in which a parent it's it's just a like screen <gasps> screen grabs of like the parent like creating a Gmail account for dear so, dear at Gmail and then like through throughout her entire childhood like he keeps like sending her notes and pictures and videos have so I that been seated I I don't it, I, was this seated into my brain in 2014 and I didn't really remember it and then I thought of it it was a it subconsciously like got ingrained into me and then I had a child and it got activated. Like, is this how this marketing works? Or or maybe it's just something that a caring parent like thinks to do. That's all. That it, it really. I mean, that's I, I, a beautiful I was, answer, uh, Andy. That was a beautiful way to take it. No, no, no. Bravo. I was, I, I was, def- I was not going in the in the direction of oh, you corporate dupe. I was going in. Oh, that's that's our no. Really I beautiful, love that you took idea. it there. Exactly. I really appreciate it. It's good because Andy knocks me on my cynicism. <laughs> well, so so you so you ha- so you had a great a, a better like Google account experience than I did because um, I like most like many Americans I have several uh, Google accounts. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, just today I created a uh, another new Gmail account to do something uh, uh, for for just for a to solve a logistical problem I was having with my like with my main email address. Okay. Where I just basically the problem is that the, for like the nth time in a row I got an email from Adafruit saying, "Oh, that thing that was out of stock and you told us to alert you when it came back in stock is back in stock. We have 78 of those." And that email came in at like 1:20 p.m. today. I was like, "Oh, great." I said at like 3:08 p.m. I was like, "Okay, and it's already sold out again." All right. And so for the first time almost ever, I thought, "You know what? I am willing to be disturbed with a text message." Every time Adafruit gives me a oh, back boy. in stock alert, so that I can junk like buy that eight dollar little header that will allow me to do a silly thing with another silly piece of electronics I have, and so as as you do, create another create another Gmail account that's that's going to be the like, hey Andy, I'm forwarding. It's it's going to be the only account on my email account on my phone where the mail client says, hey, give me an alert notification every time there's a new email in this inbox. So, but it, as part of that, uh, I, I remember that, oh, oh, that's right. I haven't done maintenance on like the older addresses yet. And I have, oh. I have one account that okay. is probably my f- second favorite next to like anatco at gmail.com, which is my, again, my sort of my backup email. This was, this, this, this is proof of how old I am and how early of a Gmail or Google mail user that I've been. Cause I have an account that is like a, common like a really cool nickname like if you find if uh if you were like teenagers and you and someone just oh this is my this is my friend this is bob this is susan this is oh we just call him blank a simple six six letter word it was a six letter word at gmail.com and obviously i haven't used it much but uh, so I but so I tried to log in again. I couldn't I couldn't remember what the I couldn't remember what the password was. So, okay, kind of it's, it's it's attached to other stuff. So great. So uh, so do it do a password reset, please. And then it tells me that oh by the way this account has been disabled uh, <laughs> disabled because uh, it has it was found to have been used in a way that violated Google's policies. Oh, if you if you think you this do? was an error, click this link and we will review the case and give you an answer within two days. So of course I clicked the hell out of that link, mm-hmm. and almost like 
two hours later, I got an email back. Hello, thank you for contacting us about your disabled Google account. Your request has been reviewed, but unfortunately, your account can't be restored because it was found to have been used in a way that violated Google's policy. Meaning the Google what? <laughs> Which is my question, but you can't reply to this email. And I really did like – there must be something on some help page or some support page somewhere mm-hmm. that says that there, what was uh, – I think this was an error. I haven't even touched this account and I haven't gotten any alerts to like the backup address saying, oh, by the way, there was a sign in from a new device or anything like that. So like it's, it is hard. Now it is, it is academically horrifying to me that this, that this can happen where like where I've, I have a Gmail account of some value to me. It's been disabled for reasons that they're not willing to explain I click the link and it seems as though some automated system or someone who is being paid for every 1000 cases that they review just looked, saw like the same, some sort of a flag on the account data and said, okay, well, if this account data, if, if this is flagged for this, then it must've been done. Okay. And there's apps, there seems to be absolutely no way to get around it. There is no, uh, there, there should be some page hidden on a sub page, hidden on a some page that has a link or a form that says, okay, if you found this page, if you got past the leopard that was chained by the door, if you managed to navigate the broken stairway and found this little clipboard with a pencil attached to it, clearly you very, very much feel as though your account was disabled in error. So on that basis, we will have a human being actually look at this and explain to you exactly what happened. But... Uh, Remember that my stakes here is that it's a cool, really, really early vintage Gmail account name. That's all I've got in this. Imagine if, uh, if it were my, mm-hmm. if it were my real account mm-hmm. where, mm-hmm. and I were using that as my main email address. If I were using uh, Google Pay, if I were using uh, Google Fi for uh, for my phone service, if I was using yep. Google Fiber for internet access, this sort of stuff has been happening. Uh, as a matter of fact, one of the stories that didn't that we ran out of time for a few weeks ago was just somebody with exactly this sort of complaint where all that happened is that Google told them that your 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 account violated Google's policy. We just disabled it, and with absolutely no recourse to get it back going again. Um, the only pl- the only defense thing I can say in Google's defense is that mm-hmm. it will still let me click a link and offload all my data, but it just but. It's still there. There should be there should be a reason for but why this happened. It lets you offload your data, but it won't let you access it. That is peculiar. I mean, well, the, the same feature that you can do, like if you go to your your personal account settings, where if you want to say, "Hey, please give me like let me download all my contact data, let me download all my Google Photos, let me download all this," it will prepare a takeout package for you. So it, it will it will still allow that one feature to still work. So it's not as though it will disable. So it's your account. only contingent on. Well, that's what I, I mean. What if you were somebody who was trying to get at the account and it just got locked? You know what mm. I mean? I don't know. I'm just thinking about it from arbitrary terms. Don't By know. the way, just a side note, uh, the story Andy was mentioning that we left out last week was on Android police. If anybody wants to go track that down. Yes. So, so I'm, I'm still going well, to figure Andy. that out. Well, it's, is- well, again, it's it's interesting. I'm just annoyed at this point. So I'm trying not to. Well, you should uh, be because I'm, this I'm, I'm is- trying not to. I'm trying not to drop the a bomb until I absolutely have to. Okay, I'm trying to go through channels as I'm trying to use this as research as to well, what does someone do A-bomb. when Gmail has been account? And when I say a bomb, I mean excuse me, Google. I'm Andy Anatko. 
Okay, I, 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 I mean, I have over 17 Instagram followers, and I'm sure you don't want that death cannon of social media it is, pointed it is right at, between between your eyeballs, sir or madam. So I'm 17. sure you can fix this now that you know that you, that you, you who, who you've screwed over here. Yeah. <laughs> No, they're they're not going to know who I am. But still, I, I, it makes me. They know who you are. Yes. It makes me. It, I know who I am, and that's enough. Mm, is it? it? I think it is. I know who I am. I like. Who you know I what? Am. People know who we are. I believe I should willing. be treated better than this by a trillion dollar company. I agree. I agree with you. I hope that somebody out there can help Andy uh, reclaim his vintage email. Um. I'll, I'll I'll tell you I'll I'll tell you after the show like what this account name is. You will agree okay. that oh wow that is a great well actually actually Jim oh no 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 I won't, I won't okay in case. I was gonna say no I, no I, you can tell me and we can have Jim bleep it out right right because I I I think we better Jim, if if your reaction to, to how good this Gmail name is uh, we're be we're here for the benefit of the audience okay mm-hmm. it's six letters. <laughs> it's like a 1970s game show for yeah. our listeners at home it is six letters and it is a cool teenage nickname bing okay now jim delete this wow uh-huh. how did you well you know what nobody i don't think any yeah when when signups were going were going you know fast I, I don't think anybody was necessarily thinking about it from that aspect but i like where your head was at and i and i hope that you can reclaim this account back it's a it's not something it, you're right it's not it wouldn't be one of the first like 500 account names someone people would try to get but it'd yeah. be the, one of the ones where oh wow i should have gotten that one too that would have been good wow so I was so you see it was something like Spike. I was like, right. wow. That, see, that, that would have been cool, too. It would have been cool. And now I want to know who got Spike at gmail.com. <laughs> Actually, that, that, you know what? I think we've got an idea for another bonus episode. <laughs> Let's just send emails to, like, really, really cool, short usernames <laughs> Hello, on Gmail. <laughs> and just And just say, hi, we do this podcast Wave dear spike at gmail.com. We do this podcast. We just got this idea of if you if you are spike at gmail.com, A, you're an early user, and B, you grabbed a really cool name. We'd like to know a little bit about you and how you came to get that name. I think Yes, hi, I am a bot. <laughs> to which my heart will be completely broken. Um, it does break my heart when you find out an account is a bot. It kind of really does. Uh, it's, you it's, feel duped. It's like it's like when you find like a that a, a URL for uh, like kitchen help, is, a, a, a re- recipe helper is like oh it's it's a domain name that someone is squatting upon and they want to sell it for ninety thousand dollars. Like yeah, but again, there's a lot of people who who've burned burned the ice who don't know how to. How how to take an egg out of a out of a wallet that could want to type in kitchenhelp.com and but but again hey I'm sure that you're going to get the nine hundred thirty thousand dollars that you seem to think everybody's clamoring it's in a world in which every single company that gets sold for a billion dollars decided to just invent a word <laughs> instead of just 
wow, I, what am I? We've got we've got this we we've got this rideshare company, but damn it, usemyphonetogetacar.com is already taken. I guess we can only all we can do is give this guy this one point three million dollars he wants for for getataxibyphone.com. Like, oh wait, or we could just sort of make up a word. We we could just get. What if we oh, took? What talk- if we took? He's the- talking about Lyft. This is a Google podcast. He's yes. talking about Lyft. Yes. Um, let's take shall a quick we? break. Yes, yes, and then when we're back, we shall do some nesting. This episode of Material is brought to you by Pingdom. While you've been listening to this podcast, how would you know if your website had gone down? Would you know if customers couldn't click that "Buy Now" button or access your content? You might stumble across the problem by luck, but that's no good. You need a system. You need something to tell you everything is running smoothly on your site, and more importantly, when it's not. You need Pingdom. Pingdom detects around 13 million outages every month. That's more than 400,000 outages every day. Pingdom helps keep your sites and the sites you love online. It doesn't matter if you're a startup or a Fortune 500 company. You need alerts about any critical website issues. They'll let you customize how you're alerted, depending on the severity of an outage. Plus, they'll track and analyze your website's load time so you can see what's affecting the user experience. If you have a site of any size, you need Pingdom. And Pingdom has a no-fuss approach to getting started. All they need is the URL you want to monitor, and they'll take care of the rest. Go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 30-day free trial with no credit card required. Then, when you sign up, use the code MATERIAL at checkout to get a huge 30% off your first invoice. Thanks to Pingdom from SolarWinds for their support of this show and RelayFM. Wow, you want to talk about nesting. So let me tell you, Andy... So Andy, as you all know, does the doc for us, uh, the show notes every every week. And this week he referred to our very illustrious gadget section as new shinies, which I love. I absolutely love. But here's but here's where, you know, the Venn diagram starts to separate a bit between Andy and I is immediately I saw that and I thought Pokemon. <laughs> now, do you know what a shiny Pokemon is, Andy? Um, it's just it's a special no. like it's like a rare Pokemon, like rare colored. Like it's 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 a Pokemon that people can catch, but it's like a different color that only exists. Like, you know, anyway. Hi, everybody. We're here to talk about Google, but I've been playing so much Pokemon <laughs> that that came to my ma- my mind first. So we did have um, we actually had some gadget announcements this week, which I I feel like because we're still in quote unquote Corona times that um you know, the the fanfare, like for instance, yesterday, second generation Nest Hub came came to the fold, available store.google.com. You know how I found out about it? An email blast <laughs> from the Google store. I was like, oh, intro- okay. Yeah. It's, Tw- it's 20, launched. 2019, they would put on a whole dog and pony show. 2021, the dog and the pony are still in their pajamas and their robes. They haven't shaved in three or four days. 
Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. They're, they're just, they can't even be presentable for Zoom. They'll just, just throw in the mac and cheese on the table, like, <laughs> uh, which is fine because I, I love a communal mac and cheese. Yes, even in these corona times. Now, um, this is the second generation Nest Hub. And, you know, it does have some nice improvements. All right. Uh, the most common Google Assistant commands, for instance, they're now processed on device thanks to a new hardware machine learning chip. Very on brand for Google. Very, very, so it's going to be a lot faster. And one, they're not now instead of uh, instead of a hundred reasons why Google is rumored to be stealing all of our personal information every time. Now they're only ninety nine. You got nine, got ninety nine reasons not to trust Google, but uh, Google Assistant commands being sent to the cloud ain't one. Well, I'm thinking about this from a practical standpoint of all the times, you know, again, I live in a small suburb kind of away from all the metropolitan hustle and bustle of the of the hilly Bay Area. Sometimes our power goes out and um, sometimes the Internet goes out. And wouldn't it be nice to just yeah. be able to, like, know what the weather is without? I mean, I'm sure I guess that has to connect to the cloud or at least turn still turn lights. off lights yeah, or something timers that, and- you know, if, if it's Bluetooth or something. I don't know. Anyway, we'll see how that works. Right. When it comes out, uh, Google says the speaker has 50 percent more base. Um, and just as a side note, I think it's like one point seven inch diameter tweeters. So tweeters. Woofers. Woofers. Thanks. Sorry. I'm new to the stereo stuff. Uh, anyway, like the Nest Hub Max, the second gen Nest Hub is certified for Thread. Now, Thread is a secure mesh networking standard for smart home products that was initially developed by Nest before evolving to an open standard. If you had a Nest device back in the day, you would actually see a Thread logo on the box and you just would not know what it was about. <laughs> that's that's what happened with me when I was like reviewing some Nest devices. I'm like, what is this? Oh, it's apparently Thread, which they had woven into a lot of those first generation Nest devices like uh, the Yale smart lock right. that they made with Nest and all that. And so like like it says, it's mesh networking standard. Um, it's, a th- it's a standard that Apple, Amazon, and Google have all agreed on when the companies created a connected home working group. And so the goal of that group was to make smart devices all easier to use and compatible with one another. So this is, it's good. That's good. Yeah. That's nice. That's nice. Um, now, here is the big kicker about this. I'm sorry. I bumped my mic a couple times. Now, here's the big kicker about this is that that Soli chip that was um, stuffed into the Pixel 4 is making another appearance here in a sort of bigger form factor. It, of course, you can't see it. But my understanding is that it's a bit bigger, the sensor inside of the Nest second-gen Nest Hub. And now this Millway radar system, uh, because it can sense objects and movements close by, they actually tweaked it so that it can do sleep sensing. And this is it, – it can do all the other fun – okay, all the other fun stuff. The only other thing it does, it lets you control your music. Um, I think it lets you mute – and, and snooze the an alarm, snooze. Which, which, which I don't think is a good thing. No, <laughs> I, no, I don't, I, don't, I don't need to make the snooze the, the snooze the, the snooze feature easier for act to activate. I, I, yeah. I'm actually okay with having to say "Hey, G, snooze" because I feel like that was left programmed that way precisely to get me to like wake up. Yeah, you know what I mean. But anyway, so this sleep sensing ability, it uses solely plus the Nest Hub's microphone to sense if you're in bed, your movements and sounds like breathing, coughing and snoring. Very akin to sleep sensing the way it was done on Android phones. Um, Sleep is Android. 
is one of the ones that uh, comes to mind the most. I know that they were really good about using all the new radars and the phones. And so it's going to use those, uh, the microphone and the Sully chip in tandem to sort of recognize your sleep and wake time as well as your sleep quality. The microphone and light sensors can also detect if your sleep was disturbed by something on the outside. Maybe a person walked in, maybe a cat climbed on the bed, (laughs) you know. Uh, Google says that the sleep sensing will be a free preview until sometime next year, which A, so A makes us wonder, are they going to start charging for this, you know, and, uh, you know, of course, it's going to be a part of Google Fit. So it's going to be a part of sort of a larger thing, which leads me to my second question. Is this a foretelling of what the fitness health protocol, you know, what that portfolio, excuse me, is what I meant to say, not protocol, what that portfolio is going to look like when Fitbit is officially integrated into the fold? Yeah, that's... Foods for thought, Andy. Would you like to feast? Yeah, yeah, that's that. That's on my mind too, especially this is the same week when... Uh, cricket the that that little like sort of like cnc like label sticker vinyl oh paper honey machine. oh my god yeah. i'm sorry i honeyed you but it's because i got into my like crafting suburban mom mode which as we all know <laughs> is a mode i inherit yeah that that thing really upset me this week so yeah, just they, a tldr basically they're going to start charging um people to store more than 20 designs in their cloud which is like a proprietary cloud you can only use their software to use the machines but a lot of indie creatives artists sticker makers they rely on cricket and have relied on it through this pandemic to make money and so this is you know it's going to hurt a lot of people but god they did it because this is common practice in the industry this is uh, also it. Sh- it should be just to make it doubly clear. They actually are charging money for the hardware, so it's not as though they're giving you and free the hardware. Expensive, and it's, it's a two hundred dollar yeah. thing at minimum. Plus, you can Plus get like the special accessories, you need to, right. yeah, and then you have to buy like oh my gosh, it's it's a lot, folks. So to make to make it pay to play, it's like okay, I didn't realize that Cricket had been purchased by Electronic Arts. That would make a lot of sense. That now oh, I can't oh. actually get anywhere with this Cricket <laughs> like, cutter. That happened? Yeah, like, Andy was making are, a joke. I'm sorry. It's like it's like it's it's they're notorious for. Oh, you you actually wanted to like make it to the next level of this game. Oh, okay. You're gonna need uh, you. It's either gonna take you 800 hours of uh, battle experience, or uh, you could buy the special sword, uh, or and buy the special armor. And you can't buy the sword and the armor unless you also buy this hat that doesn't make you a better warrior, but it does mean an extra $98 or whatever. But yeah, that's that's the sort of thing that you, you get worried about that, okay, so I spent $100 for this thing, but it doesn't do jack until I sign yep. up for a $10 a month sort of thing. That that would be kind of talking about, uh, uh, talking about Fitbit. Uh, mm-hmm. It would be kind of on brand because they themselves, they only do their – you can get basic sleep tracking uh, for free after you spend $130, $150 for their smart tracker. However, for like the expanded analytics, you have to be a member of like Fitbit Pro. And that's like – but why – so over the course of a year, I'm going to be spending exactly as much as I spent for the hardware just for software features that I would have gotten for free – for the Apple Watch, that costs twice as much, but it would be working out to the exact same money if I bought one or the other. Now, I I, I have to say, I did order one today. 
uh, it uh, pre-orders started like yesterday when they announced it. It's a hundred bucks. It's not, you know, it's not totally out of line. You could get yeah. one if you had a little extra. Plus, yeah, and uh, and also because I bought my uh, my Pixel for a, I had like twenty dollars oh, and yeah. like, tw- and I'm a I'm a Google One uh, member, so you get like ten percent back. So it was like a lot less, lot less than that. But mostly because I kind of wanted to. Uh, I have a Lenovo, like the first generation smart screen that came out f- four years ago. That's in the kitchen, and I actually use it more than I thought I would be using it. Uh, so I thought that it'd be nice to have a second one. Also, the fact that the sleep tracking and the it made me think how good this would be as a bedside thing, particularly because it doesn't have a camera. That's that was one of the things that for it seemed off brand for Google, or at least off off of their public brand. That wow, you mean that like so all these other devices uh, that are made by Amazon and such they have cameras that could be watching you while you sleep, but no, they decided specifically no, we're not going to put a camera in this because that might be creepy, um, and also. As sleep has always been sort of like the bane of my existence. It's always been like I, I, I I'm back on track after like a month of uh, really really wacky sleep times, and I know I know that it's mm-hmm. it's COVID and it's a very very weird sort of like daylight time savings. Of life. Exactly, but <laughs> but still, it was even for me, it was getting super wacky. And every few months, my sleep just goes wacky for whatever reason. Yeah. So I, I feel just that. so it's not as though I need uh, I have sleep. I don't have sleep apnea or anything like that. But I do like sometimes I need a number, a hard number to look at to remind me that okay, well, remember how you you <laughs> you, you don't you don't know why you're you're really really tired at like eleven p.m. and you still think you have three or four hours of work to go. It's probably because the night before you only got two and a half to three hours of sleep because you're up late working. I need numbers to remind me of stuff like that, but also that. because it's it's seen the the number of things that I do like from bed now, uh, just like like uh, turning off lights, doing like I have more smart home stuff. It seems as though for what turned out to be like $90 and some change uh, that this would be a cool thing to see, to, to, to play with, see, see if it works. And if it doesn't work the way that I wanted it to, then I just got, I just got an upgrade for my kitchen uh, smart display. Okay. So the base is still fabric. So I really, really, yeah, let's check on that. Actually, I should have checked on it. I'm pretty mean, sure it's still it, fabric. So, but but I'm very very careful when I take that microwave burrito out of the pouch. I'm sure that it's not going to splash. It's still fabric. <laughs> Listen, I'm I'll not scotch, trying. I'll scotch got it. I'll put. I'm not trying to be. I'll put, I'll put one of those old lady like plastic slip covers over it. I think you know what, actually, Andy, if you had like a plastic or a ceramic tray that you could put it on, I think that would be great. Listen, you know what happened with my Nest Hub? Like it, we spilled a bottle of formula, and it's all gross now. The first gen. <laughs> Um, and the, uh, and I like the Lenovo, the first gen one, because you could just wipe it down with Windex. Um, and then a little bit of Mrs. Myers on the outside. Actually, don't wipe it down with Windex. Never wipe it down with Windex. Sorry. <laughs> I meant, I meant my little screen cleaner, whatever. Anyway, listen, this is, uh, this is going to be an interesting transition because this is a very services company thing for Google to do. And so again, we got to take a wait and see approach because all I can do at this point is just conjecture and like, you know, pull stuff out of my head, whatever. But I'm very going to be very curious to see how Google builds out this like health, fitness, wellness, you know, body portion of their consumer business. Seriously. Yeah. 
Because it's not it's not what they're known for. And 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 Apple really they I'm sure they saw the headlines for years where it was like Apple health, Apple's doing this, you know, all these health journalists, like med medical journalists, we're covering what Apple's doing. And so I feel like And then then my papa, he he fallen down, but his <laughs> Apple Watch, he was looking out for him just like Jesus was looking over him on that day. I've got to my papa because of the Apple Watch. Thank you. Bless you, Captain. Bless you, Captain Cook. Captain Cook, I love you, Captain Cook. I, I name him my first child, Captain Cook. Okay, listen, Andy, you know there's a Sinclair Broadcasting affiliate out there that has aired that story about the Apple Watch, okay? <laughs> exactly with that grandma. <laughs> 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 All right, let's uh, let's take another break, and um, then when we're back, more Shanies. Yay! This episode of Material is brought to you by Privacy.com. Okay, now you know you know my policy, everybody. That whenever uh, I've got an ad read here, I will read what's put in front of me as an ad read, and you can know, you can always tell the the cadence of that voice. Whenever it says, "Hey, personal story goes here," or "Please tell talk about this or that" in your own words, I always kind of like make sure that I like bullet point that out, and I sometimes I give it a little bit of a twist. There are two sections here uh, because I try to keep uh, I, I try to keep my editorial voice honest. Uh, and I haven't had a problem yet. Certainly don't have a problem with this one. Uh, but so it's asking me, please tell a personal story about a time you've worried about financial privacy online. Yeah, that's pretty much every second of every single day. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, I, I, I have a hang up where that is concerned. There's, I, I, I still remember a time, This even though this was like, oh God, must have been like 10 years ago, checked into a hotel in New York, uh, New York City. And uh, so... Great. Here's your reservation. Great. Okay. We need a credit card for incidentals. Great. And I saw them like put it under, put my card on a scanner, like not like a, not like a machine or a card swipe, but on like an optical scanner. And I'm like, what did you just do? Oh, just, you yeah, like to have an image of the card for security. And I'm like, that doesn't make me feel very secure. And then I, so I get my, it's, 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 it's been done. I can't like, I can't hurdle the desk and like rip the, <laughs> rip the hard drive out of the thing and say, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give this back to you once I determine that my personal information isn't on this drive. Uh, so I, I, I distinctly, I could tell you all the details about the room that I, I checked into because I remember like spending like 10 minutes thinking, God damn it. There's a, is this, is this, is this fraud? Is this, uh, I'm sure this is against uh, the, the card issuers policies, but are they just like clueless and they've been burned one or two wise? Or was this just, here is how we, we sell credit card numbers for 30 bucks to this, to this, this cousin of mine. And do I really have to like shut down this account and put a hold on everything even though I've, I've, I'm here for like three days in New York, I'm going to start it without a credit card. Is that really what's going to happen? That's the sort of stuff that I'm worried about, and that's and that's just one incident. That was ten years ago, and I still like my 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 pulse rate is going up just talking about it. So that is the part in which I tell a personal story about a time I've worried about financial privacy online. Now let's go back to the ad copy. Privacy is a tool that makes it easy to manage your financial lives online while keeping your most important information secure. By generating virtual numbers, privacy masks your bank information so you never have to worry about giving it out to people you don't know online. Now, here's another. 
personal experience, please feel free to riff and tell your own story about your experience with, uh, with this kind of technology. How do you feel about handing over your credit card details to unknown places online? Why is a service like privacy important? If you've used privacy, what do you like about it? Um, I'll be honest, I haven't used it yet because I've just, I've just seen this ad right now. Uh, this is, this is why I always use my own voice when I talk about this stuff. So you, you know that I'm being honest. Um, but yeah, I like my, my overall thoughts on this is I'm always so, I've always been so disappointed in how like uh, credit cards and stuff like that work because I still have in my wallet, a, a piece of plastic with embossed like 1960s computery numbers on it that are visible on the card. And it's like, this is, this is like uh, bewitched was still on the air when this technology was mastered. Can't we do better than this? Like, shouldn't there be a way to like put a firewall between my actual money in my account and this one person uh, that I'm one person that I'm, uh, I'm, I'm trying to like, just buy this one custom t-shirt from, can't we do something as easy as that? There's so many failure points and how all of these things work. I always, I always have like a, a uh, I always have like a big, big like buffer in my accounts because there are times when I, I try to keep really good track of when subscriptions are going to auto renew, for instance. But sometimes I, I'm always worried that maybe I let one, an old one, like slip through the net. And so I'm going to be charged like $800 for all of my web hosting for the entire year on a certain date. And it's going to happen while I'm traveling. And I'm going to wonder why, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe it already like, maybe I'd already like bought like, uh, like a couple of laptops or I needed. So it's like, that's going to be like the $800 that, <laughs> that means that I can't get it. I can't get an Uber back to the airport when it's time to go home or something like that. It would be nice to be able to say, tell you what, web hoster here is your here is a i'm not going to tell you this is a fake virtual number that will work for this one transaction but will definitely fail the next time you try to use it a year from now uh, but that's how i want our relationship to be i don't want you to have the ability to keep taking taking money out of my account whenever you feel it's appropriate to do that i would much rather get that e- that automatic email saying oh hi funny thing we try to charge your card for uh, $800 of course to renew your annual web hosting charges but it tells me that that car that number is no longer valid can you just give us a valid number oh oh gosh pish and tosh did i not give you the new number oh here's the new number that seems again it seems like a very very solvable problem in a service like privacy it seems like that that's that's what we should be doing in 2021 again I, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say that i've used it personally but the concept is very very appealing and very very correct for a human being who uses money in 2021 uh, okay we'll go back to this Back to the ad copy. Take back control of your payments. Decide who can charge your card, how much, and how often. And you can close cards at any time. Plus, you can make sure that you are never accidentally billed twice or upgraded to another service without your consent. And privacy is partnered with the good folks at 1Password. You can create, use, and save privacy cards directly within your 1Password dashboard. All virtual cards created in 1Password will have the same security benefits as your other privacy cards, and you can set spend limits, create single-use or merchant-locked cards whenever you want. Head to privacy.com material and sign up for an account. New customers will automatically get $5 to spend on your first purchase. Go to privacy.com material and sign up now. Our thanks to Privacy for their support of this show and Relay FM. 
Now, here is another announcement that just completely flew under the radar. I didn't even really... I, I knew something happened based on the my colleagues and, and folks I know tweeting about a Samsung event. But this is not like the big whiz-bang, like giant, you know, dog and pony, even the virtual ones they have been, that you usually get from Samsung. Well, it kind of was that, but it was for, it was for their midline of phones, the Galaxy A-series. Now, um, they announced the Galaxy A52, which is an update to one of their best-selling phones, actually the A51. And I have to say, just like anecdotally in my journey of covering this stuff in the last year, I've heard from a lot of people about those A51s. And every time I hear it, I'm like, that's right. There's this mid-range Samsung phone that has really captured the eyes and hearts of America. Yeah. I was kind of, I'm very, very happy with my Pixel 4a uh, for all the reasons why Pixel phones are really nice. But especially when I saw like the features of the features of the, of the new a 52 and how much it costs about the same amount mm-hmm. of money as the pixel 4a and all the stuff that's in it. Oh. Although, although it's, this is a mid range phone that it's costs really like $500, $400. Uh, it's not available in the U S yet, but it's like, wow, that's stuff that like, it's rumored that Apple Apple's next iPhone will have some of these features, but they don't have it yet. It's like, okay, you have my attention, Samsung. Well, they also have my attention because I have finally, my work has brought me to, I have to start like looking at 5G. (laughs) Finally, (laughs) Flo, if you want to make any money in this industry, you need to write some stuff about 5G. And you're right, I do. It it comes with the territory of covering Android handsets and all this, okay? It's just that I was kind of reticent to it because, look, it's not really a thing, like it exists, but it's not a thing, at least not for me, right, but that's right. not fair. That's not fair to say that because now they're really pushing these 5G phones into people's hands. They're saying, get this phone at this price. Um, the other, you know, yesterday on All About Android, I, <laughs> sorry, I'm taking a quick pause because I realized I'm like, yesterday on my other show, but you know what? <laughs> Thank you, Andy, for letting me do this. So yesterday I'd covered no, no, like it's a, a, it's, it, it's a it, we'll call it, it's a collab. <laughs> it's what it all is. the kids on YouTube are doing. Um, yeah, I covered this, this, um, very, very affordable 5G phone from ZTE. And so this is, all this is to say is that this A52 is going to be a part of those mid-range 5G, uh, phones that are coming to market. Again, as Andy said, they start at 430 euro. They're only overseas right now for the 5G model and 350 for the non-5G model. So it's about 515 and 415 US dollars. So not bad. That again, pixel territory, you know, the other models yeah. that we were mentioning. Um now, wow, as Andy said, they they popped a lot. So 90 hertz display on the regular version, 120 hertz on the 5G model, an in-display fingerprint sensor, a micro SD slot, which they're kind of doing away with these days, IP67 dust and moisture resistance. Triple main camera lenses, including a wide angle and macro with a main sensor that can capture 64 megapixel images and also has optical image stabilization, which um, is actually a big thing on a phone this price. You're not always guaranteed OIS. Yeah. 128 gigs of storage minimum uh, application RAM up to eight gigabytes, which is uh, six gigs is what's on like the a the Pixel A series and some of the lower end phones. So eight gigabytes is great. 
to be able to have that option. Stereo speakers. Um, and of course, Samsung has said that it commits itself to the same three years of Android updates that Google's promised on its pixels, four years of security updates, give or take a few months. Oh, it's a, it's, it's a good difference. Like, whereas when you, this is, this was definitely one of the things that I thought was a huge plus that, that got me to buy a pixel that here's guaranteed three years of, of OS updates and also monthly security patches. That's why I told people to buy it for so long. Yeah. Yeah. And, and there are other reasons why pixels are, are really nice and I like them. But that was one of the, uh, an Android that it's still a bag of hurt because you just don't know like, okay, I just bought the, I just bought a $1,400. We, we know what we signed up for a long time Yeah, ago. I mean, yeah. this isn't a new story, right? It's like, a, it's like being a parent. <laughs> we knew there was going to be mostly suffering and they'd be in great, they wouldn't be grateful for all the suffering that we've done on their behalf. Don't take me um, there yet. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Uh, I'm sure. But uh, the, but the, uh, although uh, Samsung isn't promising like monthly security updates, they're giving you four years of security updates instead of just three. Which so you don't get on a phone at this price. You don't get that yeah. guarantee. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, Motor they're a Motorola flagship phones and that, that Motorola pretty much got out of the flagship business, but their latest thousand dollar phone only just recently got the latest version of Android. It's like, oh, really? You're making us look bad. You're making us look really bad. And you guys are the ones selling this to us. Stop it. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But hey, at least least I have on-screen widgets with you, which you iPhone. Oh, wait, no. Now you have on-screen widgets too. Okay. (laughs) Please fix this, Google, because I want... I want to be more. I want to be arrogant about my choice of phone, just like those nice iPhone people are often prone to do. Well, you know what? Pretty soon we'll be able to tell Apple people, you know what? My Nest Hub watches me sleep. What does your HomePod do? Oh, nothing. Doesn't provide you companionship. Sad. Oh, nothing because it's because (laughs) the because it's been discontinued by the manufacturer. Oh, right. It's anyway. Uh, We have one more. Uh, We're going to take a break. We have one more little story. And then. And then who knows? (laughs) (laughs) This episode of Material is brought to you by Fortnite from Epic Games. The new season of Fortnite is here. If you play Fortnite or know anything about it, you'll know that the storyline evolves with every season and it's better than ever. Whether you're playing Battle Royale daily or hopping in for special events in Party Royale, the island changes with every development that gets thrown at us. Now the island has grown wild. So must you. Battle with wildlife and craft your weapons. Experience the Zero Crisis finale in-game now and pick up the Season 6 Battle Pass to run wild across primitive landscapes with Laura Croft, Teen Titans, Raven, and Agent Jones. Go to fn.gg slash season 6, that's the number 6, to see it all. That's fn, letter F, letter N, dot gg, letter, letters gg, slash season 6, and 6 is a number. Our thanks to Fortnite for their support of this show and Relay FM. This episode of Material is brought to you by Automators from Relay FM. If you like this show, there's a good chance you'll like Automators. There are so many daily tasks that we all do that could be automated for us. And time spent on tasks that could be automated is time you could get back. If you want to make your devices do more for you, you need to listen to Automators. Your hosts, David Sparks and Rosemary Orchard, cover a huge number of programs, apps, and ways that you can automate things in your life. 
So you have more time for the important stuff. Now here's another personal experience where relevant. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I love this show. Uh, this is now I don't know if you're if you're in the same boat that I am. Like I I have enough knowledge about scripting, be it Apple Script, be it Automator, be it uh, <laughs> be it uh, Python, be it every be it, be it anything that any time that I have a task to do that could be scripted, I probably have the knowledge to do it. But I'm always like on the fence that, oh, man, do I, uh, am I going to script this or do I just like grit my teeth and get through it? Because I don't think I'm going to do this more than once. And then so I, I almost never automate anything. And then I see these consoles of these friends of mine who every time that they occurs to somebody, to, occurs to them to script something, they do script it. So they always have these tools. And the damn thing, like they could run their computers like from from a diner where they're eating waffles while their computer is doing all their work for them. And the, the great thing about the Automators podcast is that like show after show after show. So they've got like really great ideas that I kind of want to follow up on. Like here's a uh, here's a, uh, a show on Quick Keys with Merlin Mann, another one of my favorite people. Uh, here's a uh, here's a uh, they had a whole show with uh, I think the folks from Omni Group who have been so so supportive of scripting and automation and all their apps. Uh, Automated captures the last latest one. I haven't listened to it yet, but I, I just I just uh, saw it on my uh, on my podcatcher. Uh, David and Rosemary tackle the sticky subject of automated capture in places where no post-it has gone before. Learn how they use drafts, Obsidian, and task management and reference systems to handle their capture. Yeah, exactly. This is exactly the sort of thing that ooh. That's right, because I don't I, I, I every time I have ideas or like facts I need to record, I have like four different apps that do it. What if I could just like have one window that automatically puts it where it needs to go? That is an interesting idea. Uh, I have podcasted with uh, both David and Rosemary. They're both really, really fun to, to have conversations with, uh, and they're just as fun to, to, to listen to. So I'm, I'm, we're, I'm glad that this is one of our cross promos because Automators is one of <laughs> is, 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 is it's, it's one of those shows where. Uh, there are very few podcasts I listen to each and every week. Automators is one of those where I almost always wind up catching up at some point because, like, I won't listen for a few weeks and I'll see, oh, what, what have I missed? Ooh, that's right, OmniFocus. I really want to listen to that. And then I wind up just, like, letting it play out until I've caught up for everything. Uh, so, again, very, very, very high personal recommendation. Okay, now we'll go back to the to the actual ad to, uh, sponsor text here. <clears throat> some really great episodes include... Automated Communications, covering how you can automate the ways you communicate with other people. Automation Workflow with Merlin Mann. You see, there you go, Merlin Mann, one of my favorite people to, to, to podcast with. Widget Home Screen Nerdery, Cloud Automation Check-In, which looks at all the popular cloud-based automation services, including where they work and where they don't. Listen to David and Rosemary bring automation to the people. Automation to the people! Automation to the people. Sorry, that, that's not in the ad text. That was just something that I, I ad-libbed. I went off script there. I apologize. Uh, bring automation to the people at relay.fm slash automators or search for automators wherever you get your podcasts. Okay. Now, here is a news story that, um, Andy, you might have to help me a little bit with just because I had explained to Andy I have been skimming the headlines on this. I have not had time to fully dive into it. But just from the surface like headline of it, it, it it's a thing that'll make you go, hmm. Um, so a judge ruled that a $5 billion class action lawsuit about Google Chrome's incognito mo mode can go forward. Yes. So this suit claims that Google is intentionally deceiving. <laughs> okay. 
This suit claims that Google is intentionally deceiving users into believing that Chrome's incognito mode and the private browsing features in Safari and Firefox prevent Google from collecting their information and tracking them. This suit seeks $5,000 for every user affected by this deceit. This is wild. (laughs) This is wild kingdom. Um, Not because I necessarily am like, come on, people, don't you know what you were getting into? But I, I I see both sides of this. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, I do see it because to be quite honest with you, I would tell people to use incognito mode to not get tracked. And then it wasn't until the privacy browsers really started to make some headway that I was like, okay, the privacy that I thought that I had in these incognito modes, and this goes for Chrome. Um, I use it on like Edge sometimes too because I do like the Edge browser. It's Chrome-based. I don't know, Andy. Are we going to ask for $5,000? I I could use $5,000. I'm not getting that much from my stimulus check, that's for sure. (laughs) You know, there there have been times where I have not purchased a $5,000 thing because – I have recognized that there are other things I should probably be spending $5,000 on. I, there, 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 I should be spending $180 on a new set of curtains for the office, which I have not done. That sort of thing. But yeah, yeah. it's 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 weird. It's like uh, I think that – I've realized that uh, the finding this week is only that uh, that uh, uh, Google tried to have it thrown out on the basis that every time you, for instance, open up an incognito uh, window or tab in Chrome – you see this big screen of information yes. that kind of warns you that, okay, here are the things yes. that are not going to be tracked. However, a website can still track you via other means, but it's not. And, and, there, and there's also a link to a, uh, to a web page uh, on Google that will explain in greater detail what privacy these privacy features are. And uh, they, so they try to have it thrown out on the basis that, hey, look, you know, we explain it to these people. If, these, if they feel as though they don't understand it, they could click this link and learn more about it. It's not our fault. All that has happened is that the judge said, yeah, you know what? I think we're going to make this into an actual thing. And you'll have to make a better argument than that over a greater number of days <laughs> and for, at taxpayer expense in order to prove that this doesn't work. They're, they're, the, 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 beef, the, the beef that, they're, that they're out, the lawyers are outlining in the lawsuit is that Google was – they're claiming that Google was actively deceitful. Um, they said uh, Google – I'm mm. quoting from the lawsuit here. Uh, Google has anticipated that consumers are understandably concerned that Google is tracking their personal information and browsing history sure. to assuage them or assuage them. I don't know. Sure. Uh, Google promises consumers that they can, quote, browse the web privately, unquote, and stay in, quote, control of what information users share with Google, unquote, to prevent information from being shared with Google. Google recommends that its consumers need only launch a browser such as Google Chrome, Safari, Microsoft Edge, or Firefox in private browsing mode. Both statements are untrue. When users undertake either or both of the aforementioned steps, Google continues to track, collect, and identify their browsing data in real time in contravention of federal and state laws on wiretapping and in violation of consumers' rights to privacy. Contravention. That's a good word. I like that. Assuage is assuage is pretty good. Assuage. Yeah, I know. I've heard it before. It also reminds me too much of Julian Assange. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then my brain goes somewhere else. But anyway, um, wow, this is uh, like this is intense. And I know that earlier, Ooh, I if, said- if, and if you do a Google search for assuage, it will tell you that is a verb to make an unpleasant feeling less intense. But also will give you uh, the pronunciation. Hang on, let me turn on so you can hear 
Google Chrome. Let's see what it says. Ooh, how come I didn't hear that? It's a silent ass. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sorry. Now, now this is explicit because I said. So I guess. So I guess they figured stage. out that. Dang, it. Oh wait, hey, maybe it's because it's being captured by. I thought it was. I was being clever. I have an. Ex, I have a pipeline here in uh, Audio Hijack so that I can like pipe in Google Chrome. Yeah. But maybe it's just being captured instead. Ooh, assuage. Okay. Learn to pronounce. Ooh, interesting. I didn't hear it. There's actually no. I've, I'm. I'm sorry. I'll have a. Uh, it's. I, I think it was picked up by the by the recording. No, I'm sure it is. I'm, is I'm, I'm sorry. We're going. I'm sorry. We're going to this big diversion. But this is the first time I've gone this deep into the pronunciation tools that have been. Apparently, I, I knew that some words actually have like a little. Oh, I'll here, click this little speaker icon and it will say it for you. But now there's also a like learn how to pronounce it, and it will actually you can turn on the microphone and you yeah. can practice. Pronouncing, pronouncing yeah. the word. Did you turn on incognito mode? Because now you're being tracked for assuaging. So what are you trying to assuage, Andy? Hmm? Now that's tracking you somewhere. I live you openly are and proudly. As assuaging? As, assuage. Let's assuage Google to each give us $5,000. Exactly. <laughs> doing this podcast on incognito mode. For $5,000, I, I will use $1,000 to fly to San Francisco and like thank Google well, that'd be nice. Things. Then we can hang out with masks safely. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so so yeah, yeah so that's uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. It's, it's, it's yet another suit that they're having to deal with. It is something that th- this. There are a lot of times when companies, Apple included, they get sued for things they really should have taken care of on their own. Like when uh, when when Apple Apple is getting a lot of flack. Uh, about how they give their own apps a free pass on a lot of things that they force yes. third-party developers to do and yes. a lot of ways that they run the app store uh, and how they charge they they try to bleed money for absolutely everything that every uh, every developer uh, manages to sell through the thing and apple has made some steps towards like <laughs> changing changing some of the more horrific things they're doing through the app store but they wouldn't have done that had it not been for the pressure that they're under from all these lawsuits and all these actions so hopefully I, I'm not sure that they're gonna that that Google is gonna have to spend five billion dollars to 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 put this away. I think that it's gonna be difficult for uh, for all of, of all the problems that Google has to deal with. I don't think that this is the worst thing. I don't think this is the hardest thing for them yeah. to explain. That I'm sorry that we didn't we did explain it. I we we will admit that maybe we didn't explain it clearly enough. Yeah. However, we're not paying five thousand dollars to every user of the world's most popular browser. That's not going to happen. Well, Google we will, Biden we will, wouldn't give me the money. We will take our $1 so. trillion in cash, pile <laughs> it in the backyard of my dad's farm, and burn it and live stream it before we give all of you idiots $5,000 because you didn't understand what incognito meant. Let's see. But see, that's that's the other problem. As soon as you start saying incognito mode, it's like when Tesla, when Elon Musk tries to defend calling their like level three uh, oh. Self-driving technology, uh, autopilot. Because once when you hear autopilot, you feel that I flip a switch and that I don't have to touch the controls because it's going to do it all automatically. Not I flip a switch and now I have to sit paying as much attention to the road and traffic as I would have normally. It's with just my hand fancy on cruise the... control. Yeah, exactly. It's just fancy cruise control. That's all it is, folks. My it's dad's car had cruise control. 
That's yeah, how all, cool your Tesla is. Exactly. It's come on. Okay. So I thought burning money would be a great way to segue into our next quick little <laughs> news item, which is that YouTube creators will soon be able to scan their videos for potential copyright strikes before they're posted. This is great. Yay. So there's Finally. a new check step in the upload process that flags the sort of content match issues that can result in copyright strikes and losing ad revenue. Um, beneficial on both sides, right? YouTube doesn't get dinged here and uh, you are preventing, you know, battles and squabbles between the creators you want to keep on your platform. You don't, you don't, uh, the, as a YouTube creator, you no longer have to actually grab the fence with both hands to find out whether it's electrified or not. I think, I think that that's a very, very lovely gesture on YouTube's part. It will tell you, yes. by the way, yeah. By you the way, you can't. You're you, stealing. You, you, you can't use the. You can't use the entire seven and a half minute version of of uh, uh, of, of of MacArthur Park as the background to your video because uh, music publishers going to have a problem with that. There, yeah. It might lead to a little a, a little bit of problems for you down the road. Perhaps you might rethink that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the creator can also dispute or resolve the problem before the video ever gets published. And the feature only runs the video through YouTube's own automated content match system. So that means videos are still subject to future copyright claims initiated by copyright holders. I am very curious to see how this is going to morph because I've got a friend. So, some of you might know her. Um, she goes by Isa Does Tech. I love Isa. I love her content. Um, and I think it's important that her context, content stays around. But there's a lot of people who steal her stuff <laughs> and post it to YouTube as their own. And of course, we see this across the internet. But, um, you know, these platforms, it's good to see some steps being made to kind of go towards some intervention. Because uh, it can feel like no man's land when you're on YouTube or using any of those really big like tech platforms to to do something you love. Yeah. And it is a mystery. I can't believe that a friend of mine who he does the tech Moan channel got content mm-hmm. matched and struck because get this one of his own videos used to had like a, 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 a sound clip from a 70 year old, like German uh, recording of something or other. Oh no, no it, was, it was it was a demo. It was a t- for the one of the first stereo like tape systems for consumers in the 1950s. And I was like, oh, here I am at one end of the bowling alley. I'm going to throw the bowling ball. <laughs> left side, left side, oh, left side, left side, left that. side, right side, right side, right side, right side. Pins falling down. That that sort of stuff. And so he, and that, it was like one of his best earning videos. And like three years later, he got a, like a copyright strike against it. And the reason why, and wasn't because like it was still copyrighted after 75 years. It's because some like musician sampled like that demo sound, put it in his own like, uh, like piece of music. And then the, his, uh, the, the musician's label then gave uh Tecmon a copyright strike for essentially use for using content that actually was originated on its own channel. And it's like, uh, something is broken here. Do you not agree that something is broken? Heavy sigh, heavy <laughs> yes. sigh. Let's end, let's end on a nice little minty note. Um, today, my mint is an Andy's mint, <laughs> by the way. Okay. Speaking of which, Andy, did you pre-order your cake for a 300th episode? We don't know what we're doing, but we know that we're going to have sweets next week. Really, once we both decided that we're going to have cake, uh, then all, all we, I knew that everything else would just sort of fall into line. So long as I, mm-hmm. so long as I'm motivated by uh, by this time next week, I will be having an entire th- 
a 13 inch like well decorated bakery style cake to myself i won't be eating the entire thing by myself it's most of it's going into the freezer but some of it is going into my face that makes me very very happy and very. i'm just imagining it it's gonna be great it's gonna be um It's going to be great. So 9 to 5, Google actually has a really nice updated list of Google's 3D AR animals. Um, You can see the 3D animals and place them in your environment by performing a Google search on your mobile device to be able to do this. The viewer does include camera tools, and it includes 16 different dogs and six different cats. And the koala is freaking adorable. Now, the, now, see, you can get, so you can get the, you can get like the, the tiger, okay? And the tiger, yeah. it'll be, it'll, it'll be on your floor or on your desk or whatever, and you can scale to whatever it is. And the tiger will be just sort of like standing okay. in place and growling and stuff like that. But if you, if you choose like the sloth or the koala, a, an animal that is content to pretty much stay put and not do much to begin with, that really sells the whole thing. So if you, if you get the koala. This branch with a koala on it appears ah. if you line it up correctly, like on, on 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 your table or like on your desk somewhere. And then you have this koala just like like chewing on, pulling off eucalyptus leaves, and occasionally looking his head around. And it's like it's it's like having a pet koala without having to break into a zoo and do a lot of explaining to your landlord and then the U.S. Marshals. So it's it's pretty cool stuff. Okay, so back to the mic over here. I've got a giant German shepherd in my room right now, which is exactly why I don't have a dog. Because there is no way in heck that I would have a giant dog in this room with my vintage Sailor Moon poster hanging up. Now, what, you know, I might like better is a hamster. You can you can look. And by the way, this works just from the Google search uh, bar on your phone. I just tried it on my OnePlus 8. Um, A hot dog. Oh, like a wiener dog. Exactly. Like, see, there's 16 different dogs. And so it, I, I've, I don't know why you only get six cats and you get like almost three times as many dogs. Black cat, Persian cat, ragdoll cat, short hair cat, I'm assuming is American short hair, sphinx mm. cat, and kitten of unknown breed. Yes. No, no main long, main long hair cats, which I thought was interesting. You, yeah. You, the main coon is like one of the most popular brands right, right. in the United States. And one of the biggest, by the way. God, exactly. well, you want also, a big cat. <laughs> never, you never have to ask. Do you? Hey, do you own? What, what kind of cat do you own? You'll, you'll yeah, see it on this clothing. Just, you'll, yeah, you'll, you'll sit down. It'll come off on you. But you oh, know what? what, what is, no, Maine actually, coons are great. I'm, I'm reading the rest of the list. I mean, it is a long and impressive list. I'm now. I just Kukubara. I don't know what an echidna is. It is what. A, Ooh, it's okay. kind of like a hedgehog slash pork. Okay. Echidna is sometimes <laughs> Andy, known as spiny anteaters. You need to watch Steve Irwin's daughter's show. <laughs> she just rescued an echidna off of the highway the other day when she was transporting ca- baby kangaroos. What was she doing transporting baby kangaroos and echidnas on a highway without securing the load? She did. She did secure the load. Apparently she was, not. She, if she was going out onto the street to rescue this echidna. Well, they stopped. And what they was she doing? Holding it in her lap? Yes, actually. They put it in a little box. Oh, um, okay. And the poor guy got run over by a car. He got, like, hit by a car. Oh. And so they put him in a little cardboard box. And, like, yeah, so Steve Irwin's daughter, Steve Irwin's daughter has um, Bindi. She has, like, a, they have a show now on on Animal Planet. <laughs> okay. 
Anyway, anyway, actually, that's how I know. Actually, so now I've, ooh, so so now I've, uh, of course, I did the, the Google search to get that information, but uh, it could now. I haven't clicked the. I'm, I'm doing this on the desktop, so I don't have the actual 3D animal model. So it could be that adorable little, Let's like, see. like, uh, like slightly small, like orange sized, uh, spiny anteater. But it could be uh, the echidna from Greek mythology. Uh, was a monster, half woman and half snake, who lived alone in a cave. The mate of the fearsome monster Typhon and the mother of many of the most famous monsters in Greek myth. And there's a sculpture that makes me think that I don't want a 3D model of this anywhere in my in in my house. Even if it's a 3D model, it looks oh, like it's so cute. Echidnas are so cute. <laughs> they really are. You should watch that episode I'm talking about. Okay. Um She's about to have a kid, by the way. She's like Ooh. Yeah. Um, all right. I think that about wraps it up for us this week. Um, that's fun. That's fun. Hey, did you guys know that if you're listening to us, you can actually, you can actually contact us. We have an email like we were talking about earlier or, you know, getting Gmails for people. We have materialpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to send us an email, we'd love to get your feedback. And, you know, if you send us anything, you might make it into uh, our high latency listener mail section well, i think i think we're done with high latency i think we answered like all of the i know but i like high latency because okay it's... that's true <laughs> it, it, it sets expectations exactly at a level that we're comfortable with yeah exactly um you can also hey you can subscribe to us and become members of the relay fm uh network at relay.fm slash material support us and you get all sorts of perks uh you know desktop and mobile wallpapers access to the discord where we have our own google channel where we talk about google and such um and such <laughs> and uh and you're also going to get bonus episodes from not just us but also the other uh shows here on this network you can also tweet us at material podcast that is a place where we are uh we are you know we we do we do we're creatures of the we are doing our best we are modern yeah. yep we are modern um andy what have you got going on this week are you doing radio this week yep uh looks like i'm uh, i used to be every friday on wgbh boston's npr station but at, at least they're moving me to thursdays at one uh and so uh used to uh, you can stream it live or later at 1 p.m eastern time go to wgbhnews.org uh, usually my shows are up like about three or four hours after broadcast certainly by the next morning uh, and so it's a <laughs> it's a it's it's a way hey hey of a day it'll it's it's I, i'm i i've I'm making no progress in having them officially call it Andy Notko's High Tech Ho Heidi Ho. However, I still keep pressuring them until I, I think I'm wearing them down. Yeah, keep wearing them down, Andy, because you never know what life could be like post COVID. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Andy, for all the work you do every week for putting put in our show docs together. Flo, uh, thank you for being you. Thanks, <laughs> thank you, Andy. We, 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 you're nice enough to mention regularly that I do the show docs, but pretty much everything that requires these these audio files to become a podcast is in the hands of our fine Flores Ion, because little little all those little details that oh that's right you have to move it into this file oh yes and you have to like actually use this web front end in order to, oh yes that's right you also have to communicate with like what the ad reads are going to be and oh that's right you see it's. I, I, my brain is very much configured for one very, very big task as opposed to like a dozen and a half little ta smaller tasks. Like I can get at least 12 of those, 10 of those done, whereas two of those, oh, you mean I was supposed to actually publish the episode? Okay. Sorry. <laughs> 
I did in my defense, I did everything but upload the episode to the server. Uh, I wish we could just Venn diagram because I, I want some of your like writing energy because like that I just want uh Andy, we have so much to talk about when we finally see each other in person and <laughs> and get to share a beverage. Uh, hey, by the way, those audio files, I don't do anything to them. Jim, our editor, yes. does all that. So a big thank you to Jim for editing all of the bad parts and making all the good parts sound better. So thank you, Jim. Uh, as for me, you can find me at florencelion.com. I do have a website on the internet. That's my website. <laughs> um, I am also on the Twit Network. Um, I was also a big fan Andy. of your zine. Remember when you when you used to work at Kinko's and you'd like run the mm. photocopier after hours? You know, <laughs> that's one thing that really suffered through this COVID times is no time, no <laughs> real ability. Anyway, but sorry, scenes, scenes are great. Uh, yeah. Thanks, guys, for being here. You know where to find us on the Internet. What am I talking about? Um, we'll see you here next week. Uh, everybody stay safe. Be humble. Uh, see you in seven days. Have a happy.